So it's something like, uh, they're the best, worst friends. Best, worst friends. Best, worst friends. We're talking to them. Ah, my fucking ass. Guys, what? Welcome back to the episode of Best, Worst Friends, episode 99. I'm Doug. Children are the new plague okay? <laughs> I'm calling it right now. Uh, the new plague rats plague rats that's tim okay. with this new uh hot theory pangolin for breakfast daycares <laughs> are the new wet markets they are harbingers of disease oh yeah oh yeah they know they will never know how to wash their hands they'll always just be covered in stuff they're sticky from the ages of like two to five for no reason Dude, I, i'm so sick right now because <laughs> <laughs> i literally Did just, you just like, like hold your nephew and it just infected for you? like a second because he spent the whole time looking at me. And if he was anywhere near me, he would start to cry. And then I get it. my sister was like, oh, let's spend time with Uncle Tim. And then she just put him on my lap facing <laughs> away from me. And he just started scream crying. And so she took him away. And in that amount of time, I was able to get every daycare disease known to man. Wow! He just spent the whole. He was just spent the whole day like knuckle deep in his nose. Do you think this is why burgers? people say like, you know, is this why people have kids because like them being little disease factories, it'll uh, you know, expose you to the disease and maybe it'll keep your immune system stronger for longer. Is that why people have kids? I'm gonna go with no. I don't okay. think that's. I don't All think right. that's like the main reason. I don't think they're okay. like let's get our I just, immune. I, system I see no reason to have kids, so I maybe that would be a reason. Yeah, it's you know? more of a legacy thing. See, you're not going to have kids because you still have dreams. But once you're done with those, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. have a kid, and then you put your dreams onto them. That's the thing. Yeah, and then, and then you pressure them. And then the they don't dream. succeed. And then they have a kid. And then yeah. they put the kids' dreams. And... Yeah, no, you see, what cycle. they do is they rebel against you by giving the kid no dreams. And then that kid comes up with its own dreams, which it fails, passes those on to their kid. And it's a dreams, no dreams kind of cycle, I think. Yeah. 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 That honestly sweet. does seem like kind of the kind of why people have kids because they're just yeah. like they're hanging out. They like they got their house and they're like, well, what do we do now? Like, I got the job I was supposed to get. I have the house I was supposed to have. And now I have to do the rest of the things that I'm supposed oh, yeah. to do, I guess. Like the uh, the giving like the giving up on writing and comedy meter <laughs> goes up in the exact same amount as like as soon as I started thinking that the thought that entered my brain was oh, I should have a child I should have a kid because uh, I don't know yeah. you just have all this free time when yeah. you're not actively pursuing something. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it, you know. What I think another main reason a lot of people have kids is is because they don't allow themselves to be filled with childlike wonder anymore. And it's like embarrassing to be childlike in any way. But if they have kids, then they get to experience those things again. They can they can introduce their favorite things as a, as a child to their kids. They get to live <laughs> vicariously through them. They can go to like Disneyland or some shit. And they're like, oh, it's for my kid. Make memories for them. It's like, no, no, you also are forming memories. This is just your <laughs> excuse to go do fun crap. But it's like, you just be that- a fucking adult, be a child, childish adult and go do things you enjoy. 
they're just at home like god i would love to go to the theater to watch the new puss in boots movie but it would be weird <laughs> we should have a kid <laughs> i know i think a lot like people you know they'll say like oh christmas is more enjoyable when there's kids around it's because yeah because they're fucking they're full of joy and they believe in something ridiculous santa claus who brings gifts and it's this wild thing that's why it's fun oh when they're God, around dude. my dad fucking bawled out at the toy store and oh, yeah? my uh my nephew's super into choo-choos right now trains for the layman nice. and my dad got like thomas the tank engine a bunch of them nice he got thomas and percy and apparently there's a kevin and a rebecca <laughs> they're all there and then just a bunch of tracks and Dude, you should get him uh, some old Thomas the Tank Engine DVDs with Carlin as the conductor. That'd be great. <laughs> just like sneak <laughs> in, like uh, yeah. sneak in some Carlin. Yeah, why um, not? I got him a I got him a teddy bear, like a really expensive teddy bear, like an eighty dollar nice. teddy bear that he just didn't He's care not about. Fucking around, so it wasn't yeah, because my dad just dumped train on him as soon as gift giving started, and then. Damn. My sister, bless her heart, was just there being like, oh, look at the bear. And Vernon's <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, I don't give a shit about that bear. Look at I the bear. Choo-choo's coming out the yeah. wazoo right now. I do not care about this bear. But honestly, I'm sure that people have kids because they're like so full of love or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they feel this biological need to do the thing. So I think it's more... It the biological need because there's probably some something imprinted in us like in our animal brain to want to you know pass our lineage along so the species survives you know that's true i don't know you're very anti-condom so maybe a part of that is you being pro-kid no you know what i'm very anti-kid as well i I can be anti-both i can be anti-whatever i want Sounds like anti Jemima for all soon. I care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we got same place. Yeah. We, um, <laughs> no, I think that you secretly want a child. No. That's why you're just dumping goop into all dumping into all these goop. Ladies. Woo. <laughs> all these ladies. I'm in a committed relationship, Timothy. <laughs> just a lot of goop in one lady. <laughs> just just dumping quarts of goop into this nice just lady. Gooping it up. Call her Razor Brand. She's got two goops in her. I don't know. It sounded, it sounded better two, in my head. Two goops of Doug in every yeah. box. <laughs> Get it? Because boxes, box still works. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because it's vagina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah I got you it. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think some people probably just like have a lot of love in their heart. They're like, I want something and you know to put what? this onto. And like we talk shit, you know, we're saying, oh, you know, it's if uh, if you don't have dreams, you have kids, whatever. Some people's dream is to have kids. You know, some people like yeah. even as children were like, I want to be a mother. And you're like, stay the fuck away from me. Like, you're weird. But like, but good for them. They're following their dreams. That's awesome. I wish I had fucking really attainable right there. I could slip up and my dream could come true. I could never like, yeah. oh, whoops, I'm a famous comedian now. You know? <laughs> I'm not going to like not use a condom and then be propelled to superstardom. Yeah, absolutely. You can't drunkenly accidentally 
win a Juno. Imagine I get blackout drunk and then just like go on some hour long rant that gets posted and goes viral. I'm like, okay, so now I'm just the blackout guy. I have to get blackout every time I go on stage and just yeah. hope it goes well. The subconscious state dependent comedy. <laughs> yeah. I, um, oh, what were we saying before that? Fuck. That doesn't matter. <laughs> I, um, my sister there, she's pregnant now. Damn. Like very pregnant. Wow. Like her due date is like soonish. Like it, we, we all stayed sober on Christmas in case we all had to drive like that. Wow. Level of pregnant. Every was, are do you guys usually drink a lot on Christmas? I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. But no, I just had a glass of wine with dinner. And then uh, a little bit of cognac after she went home. But Do you think this was just like her? It was the family's plan to just like, all right. So to get Tim to not be drunk at Christmas, we're gonna say you have to be pregnant. <laughs> you have yeah. to do it. This is like the second she leaves the house, she just pulls a pillow out from under her shirt. It's just a ruse <laughs> this whole time. I'd be so upset. <laughs> be so you start mad. Pounding booze in the window. Yeah, you looking her bitch. in the eye, just doing shots. <laughs> Vernon's I still have the crying. receipt for the bear. I'm you did this. Um, no, Vernon definitely exists. He's almost two. Uh, yeah, yeah. But Vernon, I didn't. Oh my god, great name. Yeah. Wrong. I don't know. Is it weird to say it? It doesn't matter. I'm gonna stop saying it. But um, <laughs> I didn't realize that the difference between having your child in December and having your child in January is fucking massive for the outcome of the child. Yeah. Well, look at like, look at how, how much of like a biological advantage you could have on like kids who are born in December. If you're born in January, you'd be fucking dunking on these kids come to like grade four. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. Like my mom was born December 31st. So she was always like, the runt in her class because she shouldn't even fucking been there. Like she was on the last possible day to be in the the year yeah. that she was in. So she always was just like super little compared to everybody. Like, um, not a big Malcolm Gladwell guy, but um, one of the things by him actually. Outliers? No, uh, not even really. Like the bomber mafia, really cool oh, okay. about like the American bombers in World War II. Anyways, anyway, carry on, Malcolm Gladwell. His Outliers book. He talks about how just what a massive advantage. Um, kids born in January, February, and March are. His study was on the NHL. And it's just like, because they're just the biggest and the most physically developed at every stage of hockey. Yeah. But don't, so, they, that eventually... so they get all the best. Well, okay, the sorry, thing is, on. they get all the best coaching because they show the most promise. Uh, so almost the most has invested league. them, invested in them along the way. Yeah, because of the under 15s, they're the oldest. So they're the most developed in the league. All the scouts yeah. are like, that kid's got it. And then they go and they get the most coaching and the best special treatment and put on the best teams going forward. Yeah. And I was talking to my dad. He was telling me he's giving like a lecture, I think coming up actually, that if you're born in December, children born in December are 30% more likely to be prescribed ADHD medication. Damn. 
because is it they're... just because their brain hasn't caught up to like what the other kids are learning, so they like kind of fuck no, off be- mentally, or it's because they're children. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, true. Yeah. They're they're like six in a room full of seven year olds. They're nine in a room full of ten year olds, yeah. and so they're just like a little more hyperactive, less focused, all that sort of stuff because they're a year younger than all these kids. Yeah, and so. so and we just prescribe ADHD medication like willy nilly to any see, kid who speaks up. That shit seems so fucked to me because I mean, there's probably got to be studies now. But if you're introducing any sort of like uh, outside chemical to your brain in a stage of your brain's development where it hasn't fully formed, I have to assume that it's changing your brain's biology in some way. It must. Like it's, it's doing way something to like neural pathways or like your neurons are firing in a different way or they're not picking up on something or they are picking up on something like it has to be yeah. changing something. It's the same way they say to not smoke weed until you're like 24. Yeah, because that's when your brain finishes developing. Yeah. When did you first smoke weed? Uh, Like 19. Uh, well, at least you and waited like a decent amount yeah. of time. Coincided with me becoming horribly depressed, but that could be unrelated. <laughs> It probably is. You know what? I I know there's a huge correlation. I, I mean, I've dealt with a lot of depression via weed smoking. I think a lot of it might just be from a lot of the self-awareness that you get from That's smoking weed. That's what I think, weed. too. Yeah. <laughs> so you, like, actually start looking at yourself and you're like, fuck, man. Oh. There's a great there's a great Shane Moss bit about that on his, his album, um, The Big Break, I think. Okay. And it's just an album about how he broke both his feet <laughs> and dealing with it. Get out of here. Um, Milhouse is attacking the Christmas tree. Stop <laughs> it. Um, and and part of it, he goes, uh, people were prescribing him like antidepressant medication while he was uh after he broke both his feet. And he's like, Maybe <laughs> this is supposed to suck. Maybe the fact that I have two broken feet and I'm in my mom's basement and i can't do anything for myself is supposed to be shitty yeah it's true great album it's true some stuff is supposed to suck you know what i'm trying to scale back my weed smoking a bit now and i've decided i'm just going to try and push it as far back in the day as i can humanly tolerate so i got to like i got to like 6 p.m today (laughs) pretty good (laughs) i was up since like like 8 a.m it's not like 9 (laughs) a.m well dude a lot of the time because it's just like it's nicer, you know. It's it's literally just like you know, music sounds nice, things look cooler, sure, you know. But it's like you things have are to scarier. Think, see, no, I don't. My I don't flaws really ever, are more apparent. I don't really get to the scary thing. You know what I think it is? I think if you smoke weed and get paranoid, I think you just have to address the thing that you're paranoid about, like truly address it, and then I think you'd be fine. You know what I mean? Like, if you smoke weed and you get paranoid, you don't call your grandma enough. Maybe you should call your grandma, you know? Yeah, but I can't do that while I'm high. But, like, do it after. Or, like, do it it before before you smoke, uh, before you smoke weed. The problem is, I can't, if it was as simple as, no, before you smoke weed next, solve all your problems. Not all. Just chip away. Be like take 10 a years at a time. before I can smoke weed again. 
<laughs> as I'm like trying to figure my fucking life out, which is yeah, when I yeah. need to be smoking the weed, if we're being honest. Yeah. I think I'm at a point now where I, I'm realizing that I have to kind of raw dog the depression a bit more because as much as depression sucks, it can be like fruitful in terms of like what you come up with from sure. it, you know? Yeah. And like, I find like a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like anytime I'm, I write something, it's because it's due to like probably a strong emotion in, in one way. Like if it's like anger or like sadness or something like that. And like, I feel like my, those emotions are kind of dulled when I'm stoned, you know, you kind of yeah, like, I sure. smoke weed, so I'm not as angry and I smoke weed. So I'm not as sad, you know, but sometimes you need both anger and sadness to, to write yeah. stuff. Absolutely. And thanks for coming know. to my Ted talk, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for coming to my dog talk. All right. Can you keep Ted talking for a second? I need to let Milhouse out. Okay. You know what? I'll just start explaining one of the gifts I got for Christmas that I was super stoked about. I want to show you all these. Uh, Serena, uh, she started making a bunch of like keychains and stuff because, you know, we're both very poor and she wanted to like, you know, be able to do something for Christmas. We ended up doing like just like a value village gift exchange where we spent like 75 bucks at a value village. But she made me a bunch of keychains out of uh, shrinky dinks. You know what those are? Is that your penis? Yeah, yeah, but it's uh no, it's like this clear plastic uh Got sheets of paper, like you know what they would put on like uh the overheads, and then the teacher would write on them. Those oh, kind of yeah. things. It's like that, but you draw on it, and cool. then you cut them out, and you put them in the oven, and then they shrink, and they dink. And what the dink is is they get hard. <laughs> so it's like I made so many shrink and dink jokes when when she was making the other ones. Of course, but, uh, you're a professional. Yeah, she made me a bunch. I'm going to see if I can show them to the camera. See if these pop up in it at all. You see that? It says, my girlfriend thinks I'm funny. That's fun. Pretty good. That's uh, pretty good. Oh, it says, I love PUBG. Okay. Uh, this is horrible content visually. No, and no, I'll, I'll make a video of this. Uh, Just read them. Yeah, Dude, this it's one barely says, showing up on here. No, I'll like literally stuff it <laughs> I in. Can't. I it. cannot. It says, I love my SMI girlfriend, and it has uh, her boobies on there, too. What's SMI? Uh, serious mental illness. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. That's fun. Here's a fun, happy dick. Hey, look That's how cool. happy he is. Uh, this one's... Uh, it Are says, there a lot of these? Because no, I would like I it this, to be done. This is the last one. This uh, says Gloria's favorite. You can't really see it, but uh, it's a cat. I saw. It's always a yeah, cat. Yeah, it's her one cat's. Her one cat's name is Gloria. Nice. But yeah, very cute. I love. There was. I love handmade shit more than more than any other gift. You know. Oh yeah, but the the one problem I have with handmade shit is I get way too precious about it, and it's like <laughs> I can't use it. It's handmade. I can't take it out of the house. What if something happens to this? I mean, I did have like a mug that uh, like one year my cousin Chelsea made all these mugs for everybody. The lesbian. And, yep. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and she like did them all up in like, you know, a different art for all of us. And my dad like used his like for like a cup of coffee. And I was just like washing it in the sink and just washed everything off of his. <laughs> like the first time he used it he like went to like wipe it off like scrub it and it just like wiped off the image <laughs> nice so then i was just like i've never actually used that mug i just have stuff in it that's like a decorative of course 
mug. Yeah. There's Micah has like a mug from children she used to nanny. <laughs> and it's like that is a great thing to put on a bookshelf and never touch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so it's the anxiety I have around that mug specifically is <laughs> very real. Well, just because it can't be replaced, right? Yes. Like, and it's ha- so breakable. Have you ever have you ever just even allowed yourself down the rabbit hole of you know what probably if you smoked weed you would go down this one of like if you broke it like you trying to go and get like the class list that would have made it and go to these kids <laughs> houses and be like look dude i just need you to like draw on this a little bit <laughs> the parents are like fucking mug, man. calling the cops like, on no. the lookout for this i'll never break it man. because i've never touched it mm. whenever we're cleaning or rearranging anything i'm like micah that's all you. You go do that. I'm not do touching you, it. Do you have anything uh, equally Fabergé that she wouldn't go near? No, but she has Fabergé eggs that have their own <laughs> special box at Christmas. And they come out and it's like, all right, now do not. Her parents like hand paint them. They're fucking gorgeous. Wow. And they're all oh, very sentimental. Painter, right? Yeah, her parents are both artists. Oh, wow, that's fucking awesome. And. Again, every Christmas, it's like I treat them like I should be wearing a hazmat suit. Like they're like <laughs> nuclear materials. Yeah, like you have those forceps. They like Homer Simpson moves the plutonium <laughs> yeah. with. Yeah, I just have little holes with with uh, dishwashing gloves in them, and I touch them through that. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just an absolute ball of stress. If she ever tries oh, yeah. to hand them to me, I'm like, don't, don't. And to answer your question. No, I do not. I have rid myself of all things breakable and sentimental. Wow. Everything I have in my life that's breakable is also disposable <laughs> and recreatable. Wow. That's honestly smart. You have no like sentimental like cup or like. No, no I, I have one plate. I have a, I have a mug that Micah got me, but she got it on Redbubble. So I can just get a new one. If that was to be destroyed, but no, no real sentimental. She's going to listen to this and then remind me of something angrily. She was pretty mad. Remember when I told you about the orange chocolate that was in the freezer that I ate? Yeah. She listened to that and then went and remembered that it was there. It was like, I can't believe we ate my chocolate. Like you forgot about the chocolate, but it was mine. But you also told me I could have the, see, you know what? These are classic girlfriend debates like the gift garnish from last week that i'm still getting fucking shit over <laughs> from serena it's like fucking oh, yeah. like four little bags of like carnaby candy like my, fuck my off. dad got those from my shoppers. dad got michael more orange chocolate and as she and opened it she just, them. <laughs> she, she just looked at me like, hmm. like come on <laughs> relax but i'm actually i'm cleaning the house right now and I have a bunch of stuff that is like ours, kind of more hers, but that does not get used ever. And I just set it aside. And if she doesn't notice that they're missing, they're going in the trash. Nice. <laughs> she can nice. listen to this. She still won't know what I took. <laughs> that is how deep in the closet <laughs> these things were. <laughs> and she can call me. And ah. she can search the apartment. She'll still have no idea. <laughs> it's gonna be like a fucking loose, like 
don't know, like beam overhead that you like move in the bathroom and you have them all in like a shoebox. And you just yeah, take them absolutely. out and you just like pet them when you're in the bathroom. She's knocking like, you almost done in person. there? <laughs> You'll never know. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, I forgot with the, uh, with the like children, December versus January thing. Yeah. They have something similar in England, but it's around September 1st because that's when their school year differentiates. Oh, and I was talking to Mike about it. I was going to ask if that's the solution. You would have been on top then, man. I would have. Not have dominated. The, not at the middle bottom. Like yeah. I was. No, my my birthday sucked. It was usually on the second day of school. Oh, yeah. Everyone's so just like, like pissed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like no one's going to celebrate my birthday because it's the worst day of the year. <laughs> um, I, uh, but apparently in England, the parents there in like the upper levels of society, Mm-hmm. will strategically plan their pregnancies to get September babies. Wow. Just to try so to give like their kid any leg up that they can. Fucking or December. whenever. Yeah. December, I guess. And they're just fucking at specific times to try to get a September baby so that their kid can be the best. You know what? Class. Honestly, I get it. Because, like, look, if you're going to have kids... Why not try and make them winners? Good. Yeah. Why not give birth like, to champions? Like there's like the Brian Shaw, the, the strong man. He had like a caveat for his his wife, Carrie, when they were first dating. And he said he wouldn't marry and have kids with someone who wasn't able to deadlift uh, 225 for a certain amount of reps or like a certain amount of time. I can't remember what it was, well, but there was insane. like there was some sort Born of deadlift in February, Brian Shaw. Exactly. Six foot eight, four hundred pounds. It's because of February. But uh February. But to him, he was just like, I'm I don't want to dilute my genetic, like my gene pool with someone who's not strong. Like if I'm strong and I've worked hard for this and I want my kids to be strong, I'm not gonna fucking be with some Nancy. You know, so we found a a woman named Nancy. Yeah, no, there's (laughs) never been a strong Nancy. Tell me a Nancy. Tell me a strong, physically strong Nancy. Strong detective wise, Nancy Drew. But other than that, nothing. There are definitely Nancys who are like currently waiting to pick up their third grade sons who could beat the shit out of you. There is no doubt in my mind. I don't know, man. I don't know. Without their purse, I don't know. Nancy Myers, the one lady who wrote Twilight. She no, was probably it's, strong. It's Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> Who the hell's Nancy Mimes? I don't know. Maybe Please it's the woman you have star. some beef Hold with. Uh, it's for sure a porn star. Please. Oh, Tim's going to be in trouble. <laughs> Not in trouble. I'm just ashamed. <laughs> Tim's in trouble with himself. Oh, <laughs> no. She's a filmmaker. Yeah, she of course did, she is. She did like a she did, What oh, Women petite Want in The Intern. The Holiday with Jack Black. Oh, that's a she fun the, one. She did the parent trap. <laughs> I remember walking in on my roommate, Ben, watching the he holiday. And uh, he was like hugging a pillow and it was right near the end of the movie. And he was just like yelling stuff at the characters. He's like, don't leave, Jack. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, have you not seen this movie before? He's like, no, I've seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> he just loved it so much. He was that's the luckiest guy. 
he was the luckiest guy in our residence because we lived in those double rooms. Like that's where I met Nick. Right. But he was sharing his with like a foreign exchange student who was he was at the same time he was in the BBA program, which is the Bachelor of Business Administration at Laurier. And he was learning English at Conestoga. So while he's learning English, he's doing the absolute hardest program that Laurier has to offer. So he like he eventually dropped out. But then that meant Ben got the double room to himself all year. Just that's huge. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Good for him. Didn't you drop out? No, no, that was well, I did eventually, but that wasn't in residence. And it was like, okay, it's not so much dropped out. It's just didn't go back. Cause I like, like <laughs> finished my second year, you know, you I just didn't critics? look at my grades and go back. I for sure didn't get the philosophy. Cause I just wrote about why I thought philosophy was dumb. And I don't know if I went to the one final. Cause I was like, I'm not going I fell asleep in this class so much. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> that was the class that I legit remember coming to. And I was like, so tired one day and I'm like blinking a lot. And then I just like, blinked for a long time and I opened my eyes and the teacher's looking at me and I had just like seven lines of just a J on my computer. I'm like, all right. So it was clearly just like, like in the front row because I'm late. I'm like, well, maybe be more entertaining. You're talking about naval warfare. Maybe be more compelling. How am I so bored? There's cannons going off. Dude, dumb. The I admire so much the confidence to fall asleep in the front row of a lecture. <laughs> that is wild. That is You're the right air. there. Yeah. Just falling asleep in someone's face just aggressively. Yeah. Well, Imagine if someone fell asleep at a comedy show in the front row at you. I'd, I'd be pretty pissed. And you know what? I would take it as an opportunity to look within and also <laughs> maybe blame it on them for being like narcoleptic or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'd find a way out of it. I'd find a way of taking the onus off of myself as a performer and putting it onto them as an, an individual who wasn't nice enough to me. That's that's smart. That's the way Thanks. to do it. Thanks, oh, man. I uh, I was in a, I was driving some comics around as I'm one to do, mm-hmm. and they asked like, "What's your uh, best bomb story? Like, what's the show that you just did the worst?" Yeah. And uh, I was like. I don't know. A lot of my bombs are pretty sad, so I just told them yours. <laughs> Fuck. Which one? Was it Rhapsody? Yeah, it was when you hosted. <sighs> God damn. <yeah. laughs> Rhapsody. The only time. It's the funniest fucking. The only time I've ever worn a hat on stage. And so now I've blamed it completely on the hat. <laughs> so how this show was set up was it what well, we're. I'm going to do it now. Um. <laughs> Feel free to take over the story when you want. Yeah, yeah, the show was set up. Doug was hosting, and he would go on and do like 10 minutes off the top. Yeah. And then there would be approximately 13 comedians. Mm-hmm. Doug going up in between each one. Yeah, yeah. The guy was just nice, and he would just let anyone who asked just go be on the show nice slash drunk minutes. and would forget that he agreed to put people on or people people would knowingly message him at like 2 a.m on a saturday <laughs> can, I do, can i do rhapsody on tuesday can i do five on tuesday bro yeah sure and bud. so that's you just going on stage in between each act yeah and then before the headliner would go up 
you would have to go up again and do another 10 minutes while they pass the bucket like around. I, yeah. They pa- they while they pass to... the bucket around, t- collecting money just for me. And the audience knew that because they came out a lot. So I just got to watch people as I'm doing bits that they don't like, just pass around a bucket without putting any money into it at all. And I remember at one point in the show, it was probably about halfway through, a comic was actually doing pretty good. I can't remember who it was. But they finished up. They're like, all right, I got to get out of here. I'm going to bring your host back up. And I heard like a yeah, in the crowd. You went up to host and then you bombed for 10 minutes. Yeah. And then you would have to bring up the next comedian and then keep going up. And even if a comedian would do well, you'd have to go and be like, and it's me. And they'd be like, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Then- I remember I just stopped even trying. Because I was just like, there's nothing I can do at this point. They just hate my guts. Like, I remember I brought up Patrick Fishman. And I was like, give it up for Patrick Fishman. Is he a fish? Is he a man? I don't know. Give it up for Patrick, everybody. Like, I just was, I I was just trying to get through it. I will never forget. Because you just went on (sighs) just bombing about Mm. 10 to 15 times. Oh, yeah. and then, speaking of the to, Bomber Mafia by Malcolm before Gladwell, before you had to go up for that 10 minutes when they pass around the bucket. Yeah. I remember looking over at you and you just being like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah, because you can't, you can't show weakness. You can't, you know, be sad as the host. You have to have a certain energy about you. Yeah. You have to go and be like, hey, everybody, it's me. Now I'm going to pass around this bucket. God, that was Some such money a fucking. That is like a bomb that, like, still I'll just like wake up in a cold sweat at like 2 30 a.m. Just like, ah, ah. like, it just, just still gets me. Just picturing people like just looking at you and passing the bucket across themselves, putting nothing in it. Just, uh, yeah. I th- probably only made like 40 bucks that night or something. Yeah. A lot of weird shit happened to me at Rhapsody. I remember one time I was sitting in the, the bathroom and it was one of those like press the button, the locks, and it just didn't work. So I'm like sitting on the toilet and I press the button, <laughs> the lock, and the toilet's exactly opposite the door. And then the door just opens up and there's just a lady and I'm just sitting <laughs> on the toilet. <laughs> And I just started screaming and then she closed the door. But then I went out there having to be like, I fucking someone just saw me sitting on the toilet and I have to go perform in front. And I'm like, I know while I'm on stage, I'm going to find them. And then that's going to get in my head. And I'm going to see them like, as I'm like, you know, what's McDonald's the other day. I'm going to see them like, like whispering to the person beside them. And then laughing. (laughs) He goes places and he shits. He's disgusting. Oh, were you pooing or was this your sit down pee era? I might have just been sit down peeing, which I still sometimes do if I just want to like be on my phone or just have a chill pee. Why do I have to? Why do I have to stand? You know, you know what I've started doing? If I'm going to take a seat, you know, a lot of people take a stand for something. I'm going to take a seat for this cause. (laughs) I'm going to drop my pants and then take a seat. (laughs) I've started just uh, peeing. And then wash my hands, Doug. Mm-hmm. And then um, just standing in there on my phone. 
<laughs> just just like leaning against the wall, just on my phone for a while. It's a nice little respite from life. You know what? That's it is weird how the bathroom kind of exists as like this no man's land where like time kind of goes by differently. Yeah. Too. It's this weird room that we all spend so much time in, but it's like small and confined. And I know. And we all just like have to pretend it's soundproof. And it's not. It's lovely. I hate that. You know what? Serena's dad's house that it's like really nice, freshly, you know, read revamped, remodeled, all that crap, whatever. Uh, But there's like a powder room at the front where you can like still hear people peeing. And like, (laughs) if you're going to put so much money into like fixing your house and like making it like awesome. And, you know, I don't think he has like all like the tricked out, like heated floors or whatever, but like, can we soundproof a bathroom? Like, I don't need speakers in every room. I need to like be able to go into a bathroom in someone's house and just know I could fart with all the might of my body. And I wouldn't like hear the conversation stop. Oh, like yeah. halt. Have you ever been to someone's like one bedroom apartment for dinner and you have to poo? Yeah, you have to like shit beside oh. where they're eating. Yeah, or even just fart while peeing. And then you're just in there and you're just picturing them like cutting a piece of beef while you're like just immediately yeah. to their left. They're cutting beef. I'm cutting cheese. Like it's nice. It's a lot. Thanks. Nice. I've literally had times when it's been so not soundproof that I'm like sitting on the toilet, holding my butt cheeks open <laughs> so that instead of a fart, I can just like. <laughs> just, just an like exasperated release. gas. Yeah. Your asshole. Just like my spirit leaving my body a little bit. <laughs> Walk out. I think your bathroom's haunted. I heard a spirit <laughs> while I was in there. It spoke to me. <laughs> Told me to leave. And I think the spirit took a shit too. It smells really bad. <laughs> <laughs> a ghost took a shit in the bathroom. <laughs> oh fuck, that got me good. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh, I've um, I've been having a recurring sort of dreams slash nightmares mm. for the past few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been having. In all my dreams, I've been on the run from the police. <laughs> Do you know what you've like, done? Uh, I can tell you what I did last night. Okay. You were there. Ooh. And we stole chips and candy from a convenience store, just like in baskets. And then we just walked out and we were like in an alley, quickly shoving it in our backpacks while like <laughs> sirens went on. I like how it's like 12-year-old antics from just 31-year-olds us. (laughs) I think it's the combined guilt of Christmas candy Uh, combined with, I don't know what the on the run from the police thing is, but it is, I, it's the most exhilarating dreams I think I've ever had. (laughs) And now I have this fantasy of being on the run from the police. (laughs) I think it would be just... You know, really shake up the day. Yeah. How do you? Just, okay. If you were, if you were on the run from the police, what would be your, your play? And like, okay, what's the scenario? Are you, have you been located? Are you like in jail? You're escaping. You're getting away from the police, or is this like they have like an APB out for you, and you're just trying APB. to get away? An APB out for me. Yeah. I don't have. I never have like a. 
you'll never take me alive. I'm not going back to prison mentality. I'm assuming that's how the candy dream ended with me. Like I died like Dally and the outsiders, like with an unloaded gun and the cops all just like, blah, 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 and just shot me <laughs> Yeah. With like a <laughs> raspberry pie, just sticking out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think um, it's blood, but it's just like cherry sours. <laughs> Go on without me. Sam. <laughs> I, um, uh, if it's like really serious, I'm just mm-hmm. going north. Okay. I feel like I could find some sort like if of your mining slash serious? lumber town. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Where they'd be cool with like not asking a lot of questions. I think the play, if you've committed a serious crime, is like Alaska, or as close to Alaska as possible. Probably hard to cross the border, but like, what's that yellow territory knife? that's right there? Yukon. Yeah. Who is looking in the Yukon? Honestly, if you've if you've committed a crime and then moved, if you've if you're in the if you're in Yukon, you are a con. That's what that means. But honestly, if you've taken yourself out of the environment where you've committed the awful crime and just went to like butt fuck nowhere, who caresville, Canada, (laughs) like you're already in Yukon. You're already in fucking jail in some way. Yeah, but you're not. How long do you jail? One of like the the craziest things to me, like uh, true crime wise, I'm getting way back into true crime. I think it's because it's my favorite playlist to listen to while I read. So I'm just picking stuff that fits the playlist now because it's it's my best playlist. But uh, like when I read that Ted Bundy book back in the day, the fact that he was on the lamb for like a month and he was on the lamb where he literally he uh, he was being held in a county jail. And the sheriff and his wife would go, uh, would go to the movies every Saturday. And Ted, for like, I think a month and a half, he'd been on like a hunger strike, wasn't eating, wasn't eating, and they didn't really know what he was up to. Like, maybe he was like, you know, I'm innocent. That's why I'm on this hunger strike. But the real reason he was on the hunger strike is because he realized there was a panel in the ceiling. And if he got small enough, he could slip through that panel, climb nice. through like the ceiling of the jail. And then he dropped down into like the sheriff's uh, closet, got dressed in some of his clothes and walked out the front door. Sick. And got like a bus ticket or a plane ticket. Because back in that day, I don't even know if you needed like ID for anything. Yeah. But he like went across the country. So he went from Seattle to Florida. And he legit, if he wouldn't have killed people, he probably would have just lived out the rest of his life or been one of those old guys who maybe I think it was the alphabet killer was a guy who was caught in a nursing home. Like they just happened to do like a blood test or something like that. And it like got matched to a, a crime. And he's like, oh, yeah, I did it. <laughs> he just like admitted to Dude, being a serial you, killer. Did you watch the Jinx? No, I think I have it still from you. Or maybe you took it back. No, but... I have it. Okay. Because you would fucking love it. Okay. I'll check it. It's on uh, Crave, isn't it? I think so. I don't know. I'll have to get Crave. It's somewhere, but you would fucking love it. If you yeah, like yeah. people escaping authorities, oh, except that this guy's like, ah, I don't want to spoil it for you, but yeah, you should, don't spoil, you it, don't spoil it. it. Literally my favorite thing, or, I, uh, my favorite part of any true crime, anything, whatever it's about is when they're at large and they're yeah. like flying in the face of authority. Not as much like, like murder, it's like spooky because it's like obviously the bad because they're killing people. But like you ever watch Cocaine Cowboys 
when it's talking about them building the empire, like before Pablo Escobar started doing a bunch of dumb shit, like blowing up an airplane and, and all that tomfoolery, like back when they were just being successful businessmen, probably doing bad shit still, but like just making oodles of money. That's what I like in my true crime. I'm actually reading a really wild, uh, true crime book right now it's by james elroy it's called my dark places james elroy's uh, the man yeah but like really famous true crime writer and like uh la noir writer but his mom mm-hmm. was also murdered like that's what really? brought him into uh like being fascinated with that world so this book is about her unsolved murder i really like if it's the guy i'm thinking of which i'm pretty sure it is it's the black dahlia guy yeah he has a he also has a book about sort of what he thinks happened with JFK. Oh, like shit. Back, back before it was common knowledge that the he was killed by the U.S. government. Yeah. <laughs> and he just put it all out, and uh, apparently it rules. Oh, I've got it in my house. Yeah? Shit, I'll have to find I'll I think get so. that book. But, yeah, he uh, he's the man. Read James Elroy. Yeah, highly recommended people. That's what I'm reading. I'm on a real reading kick right now. Yeah, man. You've been reading up a fucking storm. Read up a storm, bro. Read up a storm. I don't know. I just it's nice. It's a nice escape from your life, you know? And with the with the playlist, to read it puts you true in the zone. crime novels. Yeah, sometimes that's a that's a bit much, but I've been reading a lot of non-true crime stuff. Like I finished that Gary Gallman book. That was very good. Very That's good, writer. good It's so it's so Gallman. Just reading it, you just hear it in his voice, which is probably like the highest honor you can give any any writer. Or maybe it's more that I just know them as a personality first, so that I yeah. can put that voice on the text. But either way, it makes it more enjoyable. I think we um, I was supposed to read this book, Fall on Your Knees. That's Mike's favorite book. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to read it by the end of the year, and I made this promise in like May. And How I hadn't it? started it. It's about 550 pages. Okay. And I hadn't started it, but I had the audiobook <laughs> saved on my phone. So we just listened to that, which, by the way, it's like a 19 hour audiobook. Damn. Things not short. So we just listened to that driving to and from my parents. And then while we just like decompressed, got like 10 hours of it left. Nice. But Is it good? It's one... it, yeah, it's good. It's, I saw the play. The play was ass. <laughs> the author, who I get started as a playwright, decided to remake it as a play. It was over two nights, and it fucking sucked. Two nights? But, yeah, it was, was six just like hours such a total. Long story. Is yeah, that I think, is that really a thing? Like in theater, like are there such things as like mini series in theater? Like, would someone ever go to like a six episode episodic thing? You know, like that an, doesn't happen anymore. Okay. There are some of those. Where it's like, I think they did a production of like David Copperfield or something, not the magician, the like <laughs> the, uh, the Dickens book. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Um, that was over like a week or something. But okay. you'll have part one and part two of some stuff like Angels in America was a part one, part two. It's pretty rare, but it happens. I I heard uh, Brian Regan on a podcast talk about one time he was like doing like headlining some shows, I think in Florida, but he just had so much material that he decided to do two hours, but two different hours in like the two weeks. So people would like literally be like, all right, come to show a, but like also I have show B. So people would come to both. And at the end of it, they're like, oh, when are you going to be back with new stuff? 
And he's like, I just gave you two hours of jokes. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, that's why you got to space while. it out. Yeah. Got to space it out, dude. Yeah. Because people aren't going to buy merch two weeks in a row. You know, you got to go back every four months. Yeah. I think a guy like that, he can just do whatever the heck he wants, though. No, Brian Regan, you need advice from me, Tim Nicholson. <laughs> yeah. To show you how to be a success. It's true. <laughs> Subscribe to Tim's Masterclass. What you need is the business know how <laughs> from me. I, uh, yeah, that's fucking wild, dude. Just having two hours of material and just like, yeah, we're just going to burn it down. We're just going to go. Yeah. But, but I mean, I mean, re- if it's like, if it's all cooking in your mind, the thing to, to me that's the craziest about that, how do you remember two fucking hours of shit? And yeah, like, you can't actually even say all the stuff you want to do. Shit. It's hard, man. You just go up and like divine it and hope that you didn't get too high and repeat yourself. <laughs> that would truly be a nightmare if I like did a joke to like blank stares and realized that I had done it for the second time in a set. You're saying would be a nightmare like you haven't done that. I haven't done that. I thought you told me you did that. I don't think I've done that. <laughs> maybe you watch someone do it. Oh, man. Oh, J- Jason did it at Sonny's, I think. I think that was it. Okay, maybe. I mean, I've seen Dave McGinnis drunkenly tell the same joke like three times, and I don't think I don't, I don't know. Just in a row. Um, Hey, how long have we been doing this? We don't have a timer anymore. I honestly have no fucking idea. I have no idea. So we're just going to have to... <laughs> We're just going to have to feel it out. When we don't feel like talking anymore, we can just end it. Uh, we can just end it. Any idea? Honestly, I don't way have... of recording and didn't uh, didn't think this shit. Yeah, we're trying a new all. way. And um, no, truly, I have uh, I have no idea how long we've been going. Want to just um, call it? No, no, I got one more. I got uh, one more thing I want to talk about, and then we Christmas. can call it. Right. No, no, I don't want to talk about Christmas. I saw this like uh, I was watching this Vice documentary the other day, and it was about how people are doing this new uh, hallucinogenic drug that's like 20 times stronger than DMT, I guess. And uh, it's from smoking frog venom. And it's like they milk a frog and then they get the venom and there's like shamans who do this and like all it made me think is like, I felt bad for that frog who has literally through millions of years of evolution concocted what it thinks is like a venom that's going to make people ah, stay away. Ah, I'm a scary frog. <laughs> and then they fucking grab it. He's like, ah, and they like choke it and they smoke the thing that it's spent its whole existence to fucking make to keep itself safe, you know? But I guess it is staying alive <laughs> if they're milking the frog. So maybe. It's a long con of the frog. So now they're not I don't being, know, man. being milked. I, I don't think. I bet that frog is pissed. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I bet it's like if you, you know, spend your life writing a novel and then people just like laugh at it or something or they like use it as fire paper. And you're like, oh, I worked hard on that. <laughs> yeah. They, they grab a like a. They grab like your novel, like, oh, sick. It's just what they needed. And they rip out a page and they put some frog venom in it. They roll it up and they smoke <laughs> it. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And the <laughs> frog's really like, right? It's rude. Yeah, you and the frog are sitting there crossed arms, pissed. I hate this. This stinks. <laughs> but also good for those people for 
Like that's got to be like in borderline ancient shit, yeah. right? No one's, we're not still trying frog venom for drugs, right? No, no, no. We're not. We're past the point of smoking new things. I think we've smoked everything we can smoke. Yeah, but do you think we've also tried to smoke everything? Like that, all that work has already been done. I think there's some things you can just like write off, you know, that you don't need to try. I would have said frog venom, honestly. I would have put frog venom in the write off list. Yeah, you know, I remember, I wonder if it was something like someone got bit by this frog and then just fucking had an awakening. And they're like, I got to find that fucking frog, man. (laughs) I bet someone was trying to cook the frog. And then just got really fucked up. Yeah, just got so high on this frog stew. Like vapor. Like the whole, because it's only like a 20 minute high, I guess. But you're like outside of your body. So I just imagine just like a whole family just like comes to us like looking at each other. Like some of them are crying. Some of them are laughing. Dude, those, I don't trust those drugs. Those ones are weird. You never try something like that? No, I mean like the wick massive high yeah. that just like like DMT mm-hmm. where it's like five minutes of going into another fucking dimension and then you're just like back sitting on the couch <laughs> I heard, like, a, I heard a great joke problem. about fucking uh, DMT trips where it's like uh, you know it might have been that Shane Moss guy I don't know but it, it was just talking about how like you don't want to do it too much because like what if you get to the point at the end of your life when like your life is flashing before your eyes and it's like the seventh best DMT trip you've had. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's that could bad, be eh? Shane Moss. He uh, he's a psychedelic he was, guy. He, he did a little too much of the psychedelics, lost his mind for a while, but I think he's back now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He uh, he he saw the other side and was like, "The rent here is pretty good. I'm gonna stay on the <laughs> other side and I'm then on crazy never side. come home." Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to hang out with the purple lady and all that shit. <laughs> that I'm is weird. Though, like, I think it's a purple lady. There's just someone who, like, everyone sees when they... Do you, do you think that's a that's a because people are predisposed to it because they're told that everyone sees the purple lady? No, because people who don't know about it will also see it. Like, this is from back in Damn. the day of, like, not researching all the drugs before you do them. Yeah. And they'll just separately go on trips and, like, someone will tell the purple lady something and then that purple lady will tell it to someone else and then they'll, the like, know. Here. Something That's like so that. so cool. If it's real or if you just made it up, still pretty cool. But yeah. like most things you say, Tim, I'm going to accept it as canonical fact, and I will be Sick. repeating it to people as it's if I glasses. read it in a dissertation. It truly is the glasses. It's yeah. the glasses. And also, you got to pick your lies. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you got to pick you the things pick... that don't matter. Yeah. You got to pick lies where it's too much trouble to actually look it up, and it's yeah. more fun to just believe it. Yeah. Those are the good lies you want to have. Yeah, exactly. Like about the purple lady. <laughs> all right, Tim, you want to call it there? Because we don't have any idea how long we've been doing this at all. Yeah, we can call. I like this. It'll just be random ass lengths of episodes. 
yeah, this is nice. It's like we find out one time that it's like 12 minutes. Like, wow, God. All right. Well, we got to yeah. go back to that draw board. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, guys, I don't have any shows this weekend. I think I'm a lazy bitch. Uh, Tim? I am at doing Amateur Night at Levity on January 10th. And nice. then I'm headlining Anderson's Brewery in London, Ontario, January 11th. Oh, shit. Fuck yeah. So to come that. out to that. They have great beer and food and i will be there and kev will be there gonna be kev sheeler fuck yeah yeah the man fuck yeah uh, uh, i think I'm... i need to i deleted my facebook account so i need to get mitch to make an instagram ad you deleted your facebook account yeah why because i wasn't doing anything on there other than wasting time <laughs> yeah, nothing good was happening on facebook yeah, it's like, not dude, 45. Facebook's honestly a wasteland nowadays. Yeah, dude, it like, sucks. Any, any post I see just has like, like by my friends gets like six likes or something. I'm like, ugh, what are we even doing this for? I feel like I'm on Twitter. There's literally, unless you want to ha- have a weird conversation with your mom's friends, there's no point in going on Facebook. The only thing I do on Facebook now is go on this group called St. Thomas Happenings. And because <laughs> it's just people complaining about shit and then people bitching at the complainers and it's just like this non-stop just all drama i love it so much but uh guys uh i think i'm i mean the next show i know i'm i'm headlining is uh january 27th rusty nail come out if you're in kitchener please it's the first time i get the headline rusty nail see you there rusty Nail's very fun now i got i got love more shows place. before that i just can't uh remember them Sick. i'll talk about them next time but it's not before right. next week, so who cares? But, guys, thanks for listening. We love you. Have a happy new year because we'll see you in 2024. Goodbye. Woo-hoo.